So if you have your Bible, you can open it to Luke 17 or your Bible app, whichever one you have, open it to Luke 17. We're going to be there this morning and, and look at this important little interaction that Jesus has. Jesus is going to interact, not, very briefly by the way, very briefly, with 10 lepers. It's a very short story. These 10 lepers wanted Jesus to heal them, and Jesus does. But only one of them comes back and says, thank you. And so the, the next little part of this moment with the lepers becomes a very short lesson about a thankful heart and what a thankful heart looks like and sounds like. And so I'd like us to look at that together this morning. So Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So just a small little short story, but actually packs a pretty big punch. Let's look at a couple things as we dive into this a little bit deeper. First of all, Jesus is traveling along. He's probably with the disciples, other people that are following him, possibly a large crowd that are just following Jesus at this point in his ministry. So there was probably a lot of people around. Now, the custom of the day, the society of the day, and also the Old Testament law required that if you had leprosy, that you, that you lived outside the city, okay? So these lepers are, are outside the city as Jesus is walking into the city. Here's these men, and they probably decide, hey, the 10 of us should join together because there's this large crowd and, and start yelling. If all 10 of us start yelling, then maybe Jesus would hear us and he would have mercy on us. He would have pity on us. And so that's what they do. And they start yelling, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And, and I wondered if it was even some sort of kind of chant that they just kept saying, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Louder and louder and louder until Jesus says, this interesting phrase, and, and what, what kind of shocks me, Jesus doesn't even say, you're healed. He doesn't even say, I have pity on you. He just says this, uh, go see the priests. It almost sounds like a cop-out, doesn't it? But it's not. See, the Old Testament law said that if you had leprosy or a disease of your skin, that you would go see the priest, and you can read about it in the Old Testament. There was a whole process that the priest would go through to discover what your skin disease was, and then you would make a sacrifice for it, and possibly God would heal you. So actually, Jesus is saying, why don't you go to the priest and be healed? 
but along the way, they are instantly healed. And then the next little interesting part happens. Only one guy comes back. This one man, the Bible says, is a Samaritan. Now, this is interesting because this is same story, second verse. Same story, next chapter. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? When Jesus uses this story and the man has been robbed and beaten up and all of the nice religious leaders of the Jews that are supposed to be helpful and kind and loving and have a relationship with God and display a relationship with God, they're all the men that pass him by and do nothing. But it's the Samaritan, the one who's supposed to know nothing about how to have a relationship with God and is unkind and doesn't understand God at all, doesn't even know right from wrong. He's the one that goes... And Jesus highlights him as the one that actually knows how to live like God wants us to. And it must have just been so infuriating to the religious leaders. Well, here it is. Jesus does the same thing again. He does the exact same thing. Jesus says, guess guess who the person is who really knows how to live a thankful life before God? The Samaritan. The Samaritan does. Now, the implication is that the other nine are Jewish in culture. So they have a heritage of God. They've probably spent much of their life studying the Old Testament and the Torah. They maybe went to religious school. They understand what it means to have a relationship with God and what God expects of you. And none of them are around to say thank you. Here's what's interesting. Jesus is highlighting the fact that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes those who understand a relationship with God and maybe have been living a relationship with God for a long time are the least to thank him. That's what verse 17 is implying. Jesus asks three questions. One, didn't I heal all ten? Where's the other nine? And then lastly, is nobody else here to give me thanks except for the one that doesn't even know God? Where's the other nine that know God? How come they're not here praising God, giving him thanks? So once again, Jesus uses the Samaritan as an example of a relationship with God that is authentic, is real, and to go deeper into the hearts of mankind to discover what it really means to have a thankful life. And this is what Jesus is highlighting. Jesus uses the Samaritan as an example of a truly thankful heart before God. Now, I think Jesus probably did this to make it sting a little bit. Have you ever had somebody do that to you? They they use an extreme language or they use an extreme story to get a point across to you so that maybe it'll wake you up to go, oh yeah, that's what I need to be doing. That's how I need to be living. That's what Jesus is doing. He's using the example of a Samaritan because the Jews hate the Samaritans. So he uses the, the Samaritan as the one who knows God and is living for God and understands what it really means to have a thankful heart before God because they did not. 
that would have been insulting to the Jews in the crowd to use a Samaritan in this way. But what Jesus is hoping is that it will motivate them to change their viewpoint, to change the way they live, and to live a life of thankfulness before God. So the leper is healed. He's healed by Jesus. So he has specific motivation. He has a specific reason to say thank you to Jesus. And as we head into this week of thankfulness, I would say the same is true for us, amen? We also have specific reasons to say thank you to Jesus. We have the cross and the resurrection, the presence of the Holy Spirit living in us, his provision in our lives every day, his peace and grace and joy and unconditional love that is a part of our life on a regular basis. All of these things are worthy to be thankful for. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find verses like this all throughout the Old and New Testament. Writers and individuals saying thank you to God for specific reasons. And we have them too. Now the leper, he he can teach us some things. The leper's a good example of how to say thank you. He's also a great example of what a thankful heart looks like, what a thankful heart sounds like. And one of the things that we can learn right off the bat, and I would say is maybe one of the most important lessons about thankfulness is this, choose to be thankful when others are not. Well, that's a tough one. It's pretty hard. In fact, it's really difficult in trying circumstances and in difficult circumstances and in hard times in your life. But that's what the Bible teaches, to choose to be thankful when others are not. So nine were healed, one was delivered. Nine were healed, but one was transformed. Nine didn't show their thankfulness, and one did, and I... I think if we got to see the rest of his story, we might find that his life was forever changed from the inside out, not just the outside in. He chose to be thankful when others were not. Now, the text doesn't tell us why the other nine didn't return to say thank you. It doesn't tell us, but we can assume there were nine reasons. And some of them might have been good reasons, like for most of these men, they hadn't been around anybody in their lives except for other lepers. So maybe the moment they got healed, they ran home to show their family that they were healed. Maybe they went to eat, eat at their favorite restaurant that they had not been able to eat at in a long time because they could not be in public. Maybe they were choosing to run off and see their girlfriend. Maybe the Seahawks were playing that morning. I I don't know what was happening in the moment, but here's what I do know. They didn't have a heart of thankfulness. Only one did. Because the one leper said, you know what? The most important thing for me right now is to say thank you to Jesus. No matter what else I want to do right now, no matter who else I want to see right now, the most important thing, because my heart is telling me this, I got to go say thank you. The same is true for you and me. Every morning that we wake up, there's tons of stuff to do. There's tons of people to see. 
There's all kinds of things that are going to happen in the day. But the most important thing in that day is to say thank you to Jesus. The leper teaches us that. He demonstrates what's happening in a heart when we are thankful when others are not. See, being thankful when others are not is a choice. It's a decision to think and act a a different way no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what the circumstances are in your life. In fact, this leper, he decides, I'm going to make a conscious decision to not go home first, but to go say thank you to Jesus. Now, I'm going to add that this way of life is powerful. It's powerful when you live a life of thankfulness. When your life is overflowing with thankfulness, it is an extremely powerful thing. For instance, have you ever hung out with someone that in the middle of their cancer, maybe in the middle of their chemo or their radiation, is thankful? It's powerful. It's powerful. Have you ever known someone that was just struggling financially? Everything in their life seemed to be be a challenge, but they were super thankful, and they didn't even have two pennies to rub together. They were super thankful. It's powerful. I once knew a recovering drug addict that... And he was struggling through his addiction. Every day, physically took everything within him just to get out of bed and go on with the day. And everything was a challenge, a challenge to get a job because socially he was still being ostracized. It was a challenge to just make it through the day mentally because of the temptation to the addiction. It was just a struggle every day. But you know what would come out of his mouth? Thankfulness. You know what that was? It was powerful. It was powerful. See, when we are thankful in the hardest of circumstances, it is a powerful thing. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's interesting, this Greek word all is really complex and interesting and intricate. It's got all kinds of parts into it. It's really challenging. No, it's not at all. It just means everything. It just means everything. All. All the time. It's not intricate or specific or detailed at all. It just means all the time. All the time. See, a thankful heart is God's will for our life, and a heart focused on God's will can be thankful all the time. And if Romans 8 is true, if Romans 8 is true, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, then we always have something to be thankful for. Jesus' love. No matter where we're at, whether we're on a mountaintop high experience or down in the valley of the shadow of death, we can be thankful. See, the leper does a great job of revealing his thankful heart to Jesus. He came back to Jesus, shouting to Jesus, praising him. He throws himself at Jesus' feet and he thanks him. Now, I I know that all of you in the room, myself included, if Jesus walked in the door, we'd do the same, right? We'd shout praise to him. We'd run at his feet and we'd fall at his feet and we'd just say, thank you, Jesus, so much for what you've done for me. But he's not in the habit of doing that, is he? 
He's not in a habit of revealing himself in that physical manifestation. So I'd like to give us two ways that we can show our heart of thanks towards Jesus today. The first is prayer. Thankfulness and prayer are often connected in the Bible. That these two habits should be done in conjunction together. And that prayer is a great way to show thankfulness. Now, prayer, as you know, is just our verbal communication with God. It's the way we talk to God. It's the way we listen to God. We just call it prayer. And we also know that verbal thankfulness is an important part of any relationship. It's important to say thank you to one another and to just be appreciative of one another and to overflow in thankfulness in our relationships. Now, as you read the New Testament, you'll notice that there are many times that the author of a letter to the church opens the letter with thanks. In fact, connects prayer and thanks to God. Let me give you an example. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. There's thankfulness and prayer connected together. And in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, the author says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Once again, thankfulness and prayer being connected together as we follow Jesus. So one of the best ways to start our prayers is by telling the Lord we are thankful, even if you're in the middle of a crazy circumstance, even if your prayer is a prayer where you're about to cry out to Jesus for the crazy thing that's happening in your life. Start with thanks. It's interesting that prayer is a very personal action. It's something very personal that you and I are doing with God. As we talk with God one-on-one -on -one in an intimate way, in this personal moment that we are having with the Lord, we get to say, thank you. In that moment, one of our most proper responses is to be thankful verbally to the Lord. Now, prayer might be hard for you because you say, I can't see God. It's hard to see him, so it's hard to talk to him. Prayer is a difficult thing for me. Well, can I help you with something? Uh, several years back, I was talking to an, an, an Air Force wife. Her husband was a pilot in the Air Force. And at the time, he was deployed to the Middle East. And so he'd been gone for months and was going to continue to be gone for months. And I was asking her, how you doing with that? And she said, Pastor Mark, I, I got to tell you, I, I started something during my husband's deployment this time that has really helped me in my relationship with him and my relationship with God. And I said, oh, what are you doing? She said, well, it's been my habit for years on his deployments that while he's gone, even though I can't see him, I walk around the house talking out loud to him. You mean you just walk around the house talking out loud to your husband who's not in the room? Yep. And I talk to him about the bills I'm paying and the things happening in my life and what the kids are doing and all the things and how his football team's doing. I talk about all those things and I just talk out loud. And I talk out loud in the car. And what was interesting, this is a time where we didn't have Bluetooth and we didn't have cell phones. So I thought that must have been interesting to see. 
She said, yeah, I just, I just talked to him out loud. And then I realized after a couple months of talking to my husband out loud, that's how I should talk to God. I can't see him, but I know he's here. So I've just started talking out loud to God. At home, in my car, sharing life with him, talking to him about everything that's going on in my day, talking to him about the kids and what I'm struggling with, being thankful to God for all the things he's done in my life. And I've just started verbally processing out loud with God. See, like the leper and the Air Force wife, we can speak our praise to God. We can share with him how thankful we are that we have a relationship with him. We can get specific with God and tell him the things that bring us joy about him. See, when we thank God in our prayer, it it, it extends our heart of thankfulness. It also enlarges our heart of thankfulness. And in the middle of difficult seasons and circumstances, when there are complainers all around us, and have you noticed that? Have you noticed that when you're in the middle of a tough time, there's always complainers about your situation around you? Don't raise your hand because we might think it's this person sitting next to you. But we know it's true, isn't it? It's true. But as we keep an attitude of thankfulness, it helps us. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says something powerful about thankfulness. Look at it on the screen with me. It says, and now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Oh, that's good. See, what the author is saying is that you and I should be overflowing with the thankfulness of Jesus in our life. That starts in our prayer. It extends out into our public life because what we do in private with God spills out into our public life. Currently, uh, I'm going through a tough season. Just to be a little vulnerable with you this morning, I'm going through a tough season. Got some interesting things happening in my life right now. Just tough. Got some tough things going on and some relationships that are happening and and, and daily having some struggle with that. And here's what I'm discovering. That as I go to the Lord in prayer and I share my life, I share how I'm feeling. I share what I'm going through. And then I stop and I listen for a while that I'm changing. And I've been taking it to the next level, which is being thankful for the situation I'm in. Now, this is hard. I'll be honest. Because there's a side of me, my flesh, right? My sinful nature wants to just get angry. My sinful nature just wants to go pound something. My sinful nature wants to just get angry and frustrated and mad and take it out on somebody or something. But as I'm thankful for the situation and I'm thankful for that person, even though it's difficult, I'm learning to be kind. 
and loving and patient, which, by the way, are not my strongest traits, but they are Jesus' traits, and they become mine as I go deeper in him. I want to encourage you in your prayer time to be thankful, to just go deeper. I mean, it's a deep place. It's a deep well when you say thank you for every situation that you're in. So the first way we can have this heart of thankfulness to Jesus is in our prayer time. The second way is by sharing a story of thanks. Now, if you've been around Cheney Faison or not, this is not a plug for next week's service where we're sharing stories of thanks. That's not what this is. What I'm saying is this. When you and I have a heart of thankfulness, it overflows into our public life as we share stories about Jesus and are thankful for what Jesus is doing in us and through us in public. This is the public part of thankfulness. And people can hear about Jesus based on our thankfulness. Let me give you an example. Imagine with me just for a moment that your grandmother has passed away. You loved your grandma. She was awesome, great lady, but she's older now. She's in her mid-90s. She's gone to be with Jesus, and you've had the memorial service, and now you're at the reading of her will, and you discover, unbeknownst to you, the grandma has left you $10 million. Well, snap. <laughs> I didn't even know grandma was wealthy. Well, she started investing in the stock market in the early 30s and bought stock in the Depression when it cost nearly nothing, and she's watched it grow for 70 years, and now you're wealthy. Let me ask you a question. Are you going to tell anybody about that? I'll bet you are. I'll bet when you go to the bank and you write a great big check to pay off your house, and the banker says, wow, this is pretty rare for people to come in and pay off their entire house. It seems pretty natural that in that moment you might say, well, I just received a great inheritance from my grandmother, and it's enabling me to pay off my house. <laughs> I'm just so thankful for my grandma. And if you were maybe going to go to that car dealership in Airway Heights, then get that big Seahawks truck that you've been wanting to get, even though it's ugly as all get out. You're going to drive that ugly thing all over town? I would be seen dead in that thing. But you say, that's a pretty truck. I'm going to go buy that thing. So you go there and you say, I'd like to buy that big Seahawks truck. And they'd say, no, because it's the owner's truck and he doesn't want to sell it. But you'd say, oh, I'll give you double. And he'd say, well, that's a smart decision, sure. It sounds like a Seahawk decision to me, pay more for something than it's worth. <laughs> but you pay for this truck, and the guy says, how are you going to pay? And you say, cash. And he says, cash? Nobody pays cash for cars. What are you selling on the side? No, it ain't like that. It's my grandma. Your grandma? Sell no, it's not like that either. <laughs> My grandma passed away, and she left me an inheritance. And I get to buy this big, ugly truck today. <laughs> and maybe you're hanging out with your friends at a barbecue, and they're talking to you about how great it is that you're now debt-free 
and your life is totally different now, and your life will forever be changed, would it seem natural in that moment to say, yep, I am so thankful for my grandma? All of that seems totally natural, doesn't it? It's natural too. Has Jesus given you an inheritance that will never perish or fade or spoil in this lifetime or the next? Yes, he has. Has Jesus paid a debt for you that was the most expensive debt you have ever had? Yes, he has. Has Jesus changed your life from the inside out so that you will never be the same and you will get to spend heaven with him and with those that you love and those that know Christ? Yes, he has. Is it possible that we should also be sharing our stories of thanks with those around us? And that is a natural part of being a Christian. Yes, it is. See, it's easy when you think about it like that. It's easy when you think about all I'm going to do is share a story of why I'm thankful about Jesus. And I'm just going to look for the conversation to move that direction. And I'm going to look for an opportunity for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to open the door. And then I'm going to make the most of that opportunity by just telling people how thankful I am. And you can even get more specific. Maybe he's answered your prayer recently or healed someone you know or provided for your physical needs. Maybe he's given you peace and joy and hope in the middle of a chaotic, hopeless situation. Maybe he's changed your thinking about a way of living and it's changing you from the inside out and you're just experiencing this in a whole new way as the promises of God are opening up to you. And you're like, man, I just... I just I'm going to look for an opportunity to tell people how thankful I am about what God is doing. That's what I'm going to do. See, prayer is our private way of being thankful. Sharing a story of thanks is our public action of thankfulness to Jesus. Now, we also, because you and I are alive today, we also have even more things afforded to us about sharing a story because we have technology and we have social media. I mean, we can throw a a short story of thanks to Jesus out on social media and it can reach 1,000 people, 10,000 people. I don't know how many friends you have on your Facebook page, but it could be a lot. I haven't checked my Facebook page in about six months, so I don't know whether we're friends or not or because, uh, you know, I don't know why Facebook's not big for me, but it's not. But it might be for you. I do do Instagram and some other things like that. But here's what's interesting. As we share those stories of thanks, it's an opportunity to impact more people, to touch more people for Jesus. If, if your social media reflects Jesus. So for instance, if everything you like is a complaint And when you normally comment on social media, it's a complaint or negative. Then when you go to share something about Jesus that's positive or a great story of thanks, 
people will normally say what? Uh, I don't know. That's why it's important for us to be overflowing with thankfulness in all areas of our life, especially social media. If we're going to use it as a tool for the gospel, then we have to think about what's going on our page and if there's any contradictions to what we said yesterday. In Colossians 3.17, Paul said, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he said, Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. I like that last verse, like a sweet perfume. See, a heart of thankfulness to Jesus can be like the best perfume. I don't know if you're a perfume person or not, but perfume has a design, has a purpose. When a lady wears a perfume, it's designed to what? To draw me close. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to, to make me more intimate. It's designed to, to get me in her area, right? And can I just say that that's exactly what thankfulness is like? In fact, we could say this. Thankfulness smells good on you. Complaint? It's more like a musk. But thankfulness? It's a good perfume. And when you and I are overflowing with thankfulness, guess what people will want to do? Come close. They'll want to be around. And in those opportunities, in those instances, in those moments, when they're close and when they want to be intimate and vulnerable and open and do life together, you will get an opportunity to share Jesus. And that's the point. Would you stand with me? We learned this morning how important it is to choose to be thankful when others are not. That in every season of our life, in every moment, we can choose to overflow with thankfulness. We learned that prayer can be a great place in our private world with God where we can be thankful to him. And lastly, that when we have a heart of thankfulness towards God, it will overflow as we share stories about what God is doing and what God has done. And it becomes an opportunity for you and I to share Jesus with the world around us. Would you pray with me as we close? I'm aware that some of you in the room might be going through just a really tough time right now. And this idea of choosing to be thankful in the middle of this moment of your life might be really difficult for you. But you recognize that that's the place that God is taking you. 
Your heart and your mind are being opened up to that right now and you're discovering that's what's missing as I try to walk through this. Thankfulness. So far all I've been is angry and bitter and mad at God and frustrated at other people. And I need, I need to try thankfulness. If that's how you feel this morning and you would just like to say, Holy Spirit, would you, would you help me today and for the rest of the season of my life Help me be thankful, even though it's hard. If that's where you're at, would you just raise your hand and let the Lord see it this morning? I see some of you are raising your hands all over the room. And so, you know, I'm raising my hand with you this morning. You can go ahead and put your hand down. Lord, we thank you this morning for all situations for all circumstances. We recognize that everything in our life can make us better as we focus on you through it. Would you help us, especially those of us that are struggling with it, to be thankful? Help us to honor you in the midst of it. Help our thankfulness to change us from the inside out that we might be processing this circumstance and, and loving, learning to be loving and kind towards those around us, especially those that might be in the middle of the circumstance. Jesus, would you help us to follow you well? And Holy Spirit, would you empower us to be like Jesus? Help us to be people that overflow with thankfulness that we might attract the world to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for being in church this morning. Thank you for putting up with Pastor Mark today. I know I pushed some buttons with some of you, so thanks so much for being here. And always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.